Good morning. Man, I'm excited we get to hang out this morning. And, uh, and uh, yes, we're continuing in the prophets. Remember, two messages, judgment and hope. Today we get to talk about hope. Man, I'm so excited, I can't stand it. All righty. Uh, we're in the God said it because uh, God has spoken. God exists outside of time, but he speaks into time. I've already done the announcement, so I'm talking even though the band's walking. Uh, but here you go. Um, God spoke. He said, let there be, and there was, light, uh, trees, mosquitoes. Sorry, you know, all of God's creation. Naps. Naps. Oh, I thought you said naps, Lee. Sand gnats, all right. You know, God spoke everything that we see in existence. And, and then God gave us his written word, which is the Bible, all of it, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, we, we weren't called to be editors or redactors. We're not supposed to take out the parts we don't like. Churches are not supposed to take out the parts they don't like. Okay, I'm just telling you. It's the word of God. We're supposed to pay attention. All righty. Third thing is the living word, which is Jesus himself. God, God, uh, the word became flesh dwelt among us and so we have jesus and, and that last song just kind of just really pointed out that you know he's worthy of our praise and folks this morning as we talk about hope here's the thing i want you to to, to i want us all to just kind of just sit and simmer in just just to just to abide in is that that jesus jesus is on his throne he, he's there. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's got it all in hand. Uh, the chaos, the, the, the calamity, the, the whatever you want to hear on the news, uh, God's, God's, uh, he's still in charge. And I can rest there. <laughs> I have a confidence in that. That second song we sing about confidence. I have a confidence in God. There's not much in this world I have a confidence in, I promise you. I just be honest, uh, and I'm going to tell you some things this morning. There's some, some real illustrative application I've got for you this morning. But, uh, but we're in Daniel chapter 12 and, and the story, the plan, the progress of God's redemption from creation, which followed by the fall, then sin, and then all the chaos of that. And then the couple, the covenant, the family, Sarah and Abraham, the covenant God made that through them, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And that's in the passage we're looking at this morning. And then you've got the nation. God shaped them into a nation, which, which their identity was formed around their worship around God's presence in their midst, around the, the cloud and the, the tabernacle and the temple and all those things. And so God, God brought it all into existence and named them and, and, and existed in their midst. And then we saw in Ezekiel a few weeks ago that, that when the Spirit left the temple place, that, that God had, 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 had left His he, he moved His presence from among His people because of their disobedience and rebellion. Then uh, throughout the nation's existence, you know, they had kings kings, corrupt kings. Some kings were good, but every time you see a king in the Old Testament, think of the king of kings because Jesus is king. Then we have the body of Christ and, and we all exist under the headship of Christ, our Savior. And so we have confidence in that. That's the story of God's redemption, his plan and his progress and purpose. And, 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 and today's message, I'll just give you the last point and we can go home. He's still working his plan of redemption. God is still at work. Have a confidence in that. 
right? The world can just spin off its axis. And yet God is still at work. Let's read from Daniel 12. It's the whole last chapter of the book of Daniel. Some of these things, some of you folks that have just really dove in the deep end of, of studying end times and eschatology and re- revelation and that kind of thing, you're going to love this. Here you go. At that time, Michael, the great prince, who stands watch over your people, will rise up. There will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being until that time. But at that time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. Many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life and some to disgrace and eternal contempt. Those who have insight will shine like the bright expanse of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked and two others were standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the other. And one of them said to the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river, How long until the end of these wondrous things? Then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the the river. He raised both his hands toward heaven, swore by him who lives eternally that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people is shattered, all things will be completed. I heard but did not understand. Now, I'm going to stop right there a minute. Daniel is a prophet of God. Walking close to God, in the presence of God, you know, this, 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 this man who served God. Daniel said, I heard, but I did not understand. Okay? You're going to hear me say this a few times this morning, all right? If you ask me about end time stuff, I'm likely to tell you, I've studied it, I've read it all. Well, I don't understand. I just don't understand. I'm not going to put a chart up here on the back wall and tell you that this was this and that was that and over yonder is what's going to happen. I'm just not going to do it. Because I'm going to agree with, with, with Daniel at this point. Say, I didn't understand. So I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? He said, here you go. Go on your way, Daniel. For the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Happy is the one who waits for and reaches 1,335 days. But as for you, go on your way to the end, you will rest, and then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the days. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, that, that you revealed everything we need to know of yourself. God, your identity, your holiness, your righteousness, but God, also your power your might, your justice. God, the one we really love to camp out in is your love. And yet, God, you have shown us everything we need to know about who you are. And you have given us salvation in your son, Jesus Christ.
And you have given us your spirit, the spirit of the Holy One, to abide in us, to fill us up, that we might live lives not of defeat and worry and and anxiety and anguish, but, but God, you have given us the capacity to live lives of victory. And so, God, this is a message of victory. This is a message of hope. So, God, let us find our hope in you and let us hear from you this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So at 3.55 this morning, when, when I was beginning consciousness, I was waking up and 3.55, I heard a siren. It was a siren just... I heard it in the distance, and and I heard it as it got closer, and I heard that whole Doppler effect thing. See, I did take some science classes. I heard that whole Doppler thing where the siren was on this side of me at one point, and then when it went to this side of me, the siren sound changed, you know, and I was like, it's 355. How many people are on 17 that need to be warned? that there's an emergency vehicle traveling down the four lane? Is there not enough room? I mean, is it is it like backed up school release traffic in Hampstead all of a sudden that, that, that they need to be blaring that thing at 3.55 in the morning? Now, I'm not asking their protocols. I'm sure they're told what they have to do and how they have to do it and all that sort of thing. But as I'm laying in the bed waking up, I'm going... Why? Why is this siren sounding? Why? What? Who? Are they? Why? I'm asleep in my bed. I don't need to get out of your way. You see, right? So, so, and it's funny how before I get up in the mornings and and go back over my my text and and these outlines and this sort of thing that I that, that God just provides perfect illustrations. And so this morning I was thinking, all right, Daniel, thank you. This is a warning, right? Daniel, who has been given, first of all, we get the first six chapters of the book of Daniel that tells us Daniel's youth and childhood. And thank you for the question regarding the fact, the timing of all this stuff, because the, the prophets are, are, are curiously stacked in the history of Israel. So as we read 1st and 2nd Samuel and 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles, uh, you see this history of Israel and we've been through the historical books now and Ezra and Nehemiah and, and all that. And so now we've got the, the, the prophets who are all sort of an overlay of the history and these are the men of God assigned by God, given a message from God to God's people. And so, so these, these, these prophets are all stacked in different forms ways throughout the history of of God's people and so and so yeah uh, uh, Ezekiel and Daniel are, are two of the young men that were taken off into captivity during the first attack uh, of Judah and Jerusalem and so Daniel do you hear the story of Daniel Daniel says I don't want to eat the pork I want to eat the vegetables and so so he keeps himself pure and God blesses it and and he ends up being a, a counselor and a, a a dream interpreter for the king and all that sort of thing and then we get the the message of his of his three friends who who won't bow down and so so they go into the fiery furnace and and he says well what god is going to save you from the hot fire and he says look said whether he saves us or not you know we're not bowing down you know and so sure enough not three in the fire but four 
One that looked like the son of, of, of God, the son of man. And, and so you've got this idea that, 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 that God is at work in his people. God is moving in the lives of his people. And, and we have the stories. We, we have the account, the historical uh, uh, inspired account of God and God's story and God's plan and God's progress. And, and God is at work in it all. And then we get Daniel coming. We come back to Daniel and, you know, Daniel's praying to the wrong God according to the, the king. And, and so, so they try to throw him into the lions. And, and I, I think it's just the coolest thing that they throw him in this den and they seal it up and they come back the next morning and Daniel's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and, and he comes out and the lions devour the guys that set Daniel up. You know, you catch those little glimpses of, of and, and I just go, mm-hmm, that's right. So this warning, like the, like the siren in, in the middle of the night, this, this warning that God has issued, right, from, 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 from Daniel through the visions, this is what we're getting to. This is the last chapter of Daniel. This is obviously apocalyptic literature, the, the course I took in, in Bible college was, uh, we just referred to it as Dan Rev. Because what it was, was it was the study of the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation and how they, they kind of speak of the same things apocalyptically of the end of time. You know, what, what is to be? And I look at these things, I go, hmm, I don't understand. I don't know. You know, I've told y'all before, uh, only one time in, in all these years have I ever preached through the book of Revelation and the title. You know, I give a sort of an umbrella title and then every message is, is, um, has, a, has a specific title to the text of the day. And so today's message is, it, it's coming, it's coming. All right. Daniel was saying to the people, it's coming. And so now all these years later, you know, a couple thousand and more, guess what? It's still coming. Okay? There, there is an end of things. Matter of fact, we, we get glimpses of this. There are clues. There are hints in here. I'm not going to tell you when because God said I'm not, I don't know, and I'm not supposed to know. When I preached through, through Revelation, this is the what I titled it. I said, um, the book of Revelation, uh, I don't know, and they don't either. That was the title. I don't know, and they don't either. There's nobody, and I firmly believe this, nobody that can get up and definitively tell you that thus and so, this is this. Because if God wanted us to know that, he would have given it to us specifically and not said things like, for the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. We don't know when the end is. Now, I'll be honest, if it happened in the next five minutes, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, just, just letting you know that. So what is our encouragement? Be ready all the time. Be ready all the time. You know, I don't know where the ambulance was going at 3.55 this morning. No idea. Can I get a little more harsh about that? <laughs> I don't think it makes any difference in my life 
where that ambulance was going. Nobody called me later and said, oh, you need to know this. Now, sometimes I get those phone calls. Trust me, I do. But but I was like, Ugh. and then in five minutes, you know, I'm up. You know, I'm reading. I'm, I'm, I'm looking back over things. And I was like, all right, so here's my question. Y'all know where this is going. Why do I need this warning? Why do I need to read apocalyptically about the end times? Because quite honestly, when you start to look at this, you've got this vision that leads up to verse 3, and, and this is the conclusion of what's, what began in 1145, chapter 1145 of Daniel, where it talks about the Antichrist and the wars, and, and there's going to be war all over the place, and, and, and there's going to be the, the, the nation, the kingdom of the south fighting the kingdom of the north, and, and, then, and then right here we get at that time, when all this war and strife and conflict is going on, my Michael, the great prince, this, this, this prince of angels referred to in another text as the archangel, Michael, who stands watch over your people, Daniel. Your people, Daniel, is God's people, the nation of Israel. Michael, who stands watch over your people, he's going to rise up. And yet, even in the rising up of Michael, there will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since nations came into being. Now, the translation here can either be any nation ever came into being or the nation of Israel ever came into being. You can read just an equal number of commentators on this and say, well, it could be this or it could be that. I don't know. But at that time, all your people who are found written in the book in the book will escape. Here you go. We don't know what all these other things mean, but we know that everybody written in the book will escape, will overcome, will have victory. Man, you know, I tell you, what, I'm ready for 2023. You know why? Because the farther away I can get from 2020, I'm in good shape. I just want y'all to know that. Man, if, if 2020 didn't just rock your world, you know what I mean? I look back at it and I go, whoo, guess what? We escaped. Some people escape differently than others. I'll go ahead and tell you. But you see, my point here is, is that we are being told these things not so we can know the, the, the dates and the times and the, and the this and the that, the seasons, the sufferings, all those things. We're being told these things so we can have a confidence in who God is. I know! Right? When all this stuff just comes to ruin, I know who I get to hang out with. They to hang out with Jesus. Whoever is written in the book will escape. Many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Many of the commentators talk about sort of a kind of the, the resurrection or the resurrection. Some will rise up. Some will all rise up at the great judgment. Yeah, I don't know. Those who have insight will shine. Like the bright expanse. So you can walk through these things. But here you go. It's not that we can sit here and point to the specific thing and thing, say, that's what that is. You can say that if you want to. Problem is, is that since I was a kid in the 70s, and I wrote this, I think today or one day this week in the Gathering in the Word daily devotional. My dad in the 70s used to teach Revelation every time. People at, at Cali Self Memorial Baptist Church like, we need a class on Revelation. Dad go, I'll teach it. So we had all the books all over the house. Man, we had Hal Lindsey everywhere. 
late great planet Earth. You know, there were things in the 70s that I was sure were going to happen before 1985. God called me to ministry in 1982, 40 years ago. God called me to ministry. I was convinced that I would never actually get into ministry because Jesus was coming back before I'd ever finished my education. That God was just calling me to ministry so I'd get on the right path, make a decision for him completely, that, 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 that I would quit playing with the world and would just simply get on the path of what God wanted for my life, whether I ever made it into, into ministry or not. Folks, that's 40 years ago. I could have got up and said to y'all, you know, I'm looking at the signs of the times. I mean, you know, the newspaper seems to indicate that, you know, Jesus is going to be back before 1985, probably sometime in September. I mean, yeah. don't y'all notice it always comes up in September, <laughs> right? Okay, well, it might happen this week. We'll see. All right. As a matter of fact, next Sunday, I'm doing a wet. All right, so next Sunday is outdoor worship. Please come. Come and let's celebrate outside. Bring umbrellas if you don't like the sun and that sort of thing. But we're going to have a great time of worship outside. It's going to be a blast. But, but we're, we're flipping the schedule a little bit. At, at 8.10, I'm going to preach. And when I get done preaching, then Morning Glory is going to play. That'll be their, their sound check and, and kind of rehearsal time. And then the gathering worship team will rehearse a little bit. The kids will, as the kids get here, they'll get together and they'll do their little thing. And at 10 o'clock, worship starts. And for those of you who have a very regimented sense of comfort, I'm going to preach at 10. So if you come late, you might not get the message. Because I'm preaching at 10, it's about 10.30. At 10.30, gathering, uh, morning, no, gathering worship's gonna play. At 11 o'clock, morning glory's gonna play. And at 11.30, we eat hamburgers and hot dogs. But at 11 o'clock, I'm doing a wedding on the beach up at Buddy's. Because Kimry and, and, and Heather are getting married, and they're usually here in this hour. So I'm going up there. And Kimry said, we want to do it on September 25th. I said, dude, that's a Sunday. He said, and we want to do it at 11 o'clock. I said, I am busy. I have things to do at 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings. I'm sorry. I don't know if you've noticed. So we rearranged it a little bit because it, we could. It's outdoor worship. If it was indoor worship and I was preaching all four gatherings, I wouldn't be able to do it. But it's outdoor worship, so I'm preaching 10 to 10.30, and then I'm going to take off up there, and we're going to do a wedding at 11 o'clock. And you know why he wants to do it that day? Because that's the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets. And he's done a lot of study in the end times. And, and his thought is, is that, you know what, at the time of that wedding, that might be about the time God blows the trumpet, and we all disappear anyway. So if I go do that and don't make it back here for hamburgers and hot dogs, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. I don't know. I really don't know. And they don't either. You're right. So those of you who, who enjoy the whole study of the end times, enjoy it. It's not a bad thing to study these things. Good gracious. I mean, I enjoy reading history. But the truth of it is, is other than knowing not what not to do sometimes, history's dead and gone. Okay? But I enjoy it. 
So, so when we look at this, and, and Daniel is saying, I look, and then there's two others. There's an angel over there on that side of the Tigris. There's an angel on this side of the Tigris. There's, there's, there's the one clothed in linen. It doesn't. And none of the commentators actually say, well, that was Jesus. Because the one dressed in linen who was above, he raised his hands and swore by him who lives eternally. So, so you've got some, some picturing here, some imagery here that indicates that God's speaking to Daniel and it could be Jesus. You know, this, this, this pre-incarnate Christ that, that, that Daniel is seeing over the river. And then he says this thing and everybody likes this part. Ready? It would be for time, times and a half a time. Now, if you can tell me that that means three and a half years, Okay, because 1,290 days seems to be three and a half years. But then you got 45 days. Huh? You know what? I, I didn't have a commentator that I read about this passage that could explain why 1,290 is the end of something, but we're waiting 45 days for the start of something else. 45 more days. Okay, I can make it 45 more days. Right? At the end of this persecution and distress and hardship. Why? <laughs> Y'all, I lived there for eight years. Every morning in the eight o'clock hour, they test every siren in the building over there. So Sunday mornings, they've always been sort of that kind of, okay, we're not going to do it because church is going on right there. So anyway. All right. So for some people, my approach to the end times is frustrating because I look at it and, and, and I really kind of want to, 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 to fall in this mold of, of what Daniel says here. I heard but did not understand, so I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? And he said, go on your way, Daniel, for the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. You know, that, that wasn't in Daniel's lifetime. I'll be honest, it wasn't in my, my grandparents' lifetime may not be in my lifetime. But if it is in my lifetime, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to be surprised by that. I'm just not. 1,290 days, okay. The time of the daily sacrifice, they don't do daily sacrifices at the temple in, in Jerusalem anymore. Temple mounds covered by whatever you want to call it. Could it be called abomination of desolation? Yeah, maybe. But this seems to indicate there's another abomination coming. Okay, 1,290. Happy's the one who waits for and reaches 335, 1,335 days. But, but as for you, now see, here you go. Verse 13, the end of the book. But as for you, go on your way to the end. You will rest. And then you'll stand to receive your allotted inheritance in the end of the days. See, Daniel is a message of hope and encouragement. Daniel is a message to say that God is in control and in charge. Daniel is this message of God's protection and redemption. Daniel's words and visions and imagery is a message of, of quite honestly, understanding, but not understanding. Understanding a confidence in who he is, but, but, but understanding the specifics. People want to argue with me about these things. And I say, well, this is, this is, this And I go, okay. Because if it's not, I'm okay anyway. Right? 
Because down here, when he says this in verse 10, many will be purified, cleansed, and refined. But the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. They'll be purified, cleansed, and refined. So there's a phrase that I began using, I don't know, seven or eight years ago now. Because, you know, when I meet people and all, and we went through the whole identity messages, you know, about, you know, who are you? Who are you? When you meet new people, they want to get acquainted with you. Who are you? Well, what's the most important thing for people to know about you? Right? Who are you? I tell people, I say, you know what? I am who I am because of what I know. And I know what I know because of what I believe. And I believe these things about God. And I believe these things that God has said will take place from the point of creation to the consummation of His glory. And it doesn't matter what happens in the newspaper today. And it doesn't matter what happens in the Middle East or in Russia. or It doesn't matter about all that stuff because I know who I am today and I'm going to continue to be who God called me to be today. And what happens in the news does not have an impact on how I'm going to behave and live today. Okay? I'm going to be who God called me to be. Folks, we need to be who God... But Bobby? Scott? Yeah, I can call several names in the room. Go on your way. Because these words are not for us to know. But in the end, you will receive what has been allotted to you. You say that? Man, I have confidence in that, y'all. I was sick again last week. Yes, it's about every nine months now. and All the symptoms are the same. I sit around and... I st- <laughs> Let's just say there's a whole lot of mucus involved. Amen. Thank you, Steve. (laughs) You see, but guess what? If that's got what God has for me in this life, okay. I know who I am. I know what God has accomplished. And I have confidence in that. This is a message of hope and confidence. Do you have that confidence? See, if you don't know Jesus, then you don't. I'll just tell you, you don't. If you've got a something else, and you know the words I call it, I mean, if you, you're hanging your salvation on some church or some denominational thing or some system or some something, only Jesus saves. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to know Jesus. Okay? Pray with me. Father, I thank you for today, Sunday. God, thank you that we get to worship and celebrate and enjoy what it is that you have already accomplished. Because, God, you're outside of time. We're bound by it. We have, to, we have to move through it. But God, you've already worked it all out. And so God, I just want to live to glorify you. I just want to exalt your name. And God, there might be somebody here this morning that all of these things about end times and all these things about signs and, 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 and all these, these, these seasons, God, it just it, it stirs up in them a, 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 
if more than curiosity and anxiety or a fear or something, God, God, just help us to just be who you called us to be and to live it out. God, so many times I think that, that some of the things we say and some of the things we hear are, are like warnings on an empty highway. So God, help us to hear you. God, help us to hear the whisper of your call. God, help us to respond and surrender. God, help us to be your people. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.